Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. And what a beautiful day. Let's go. There's the cars. And this is Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy to my left. Or is she on my right today? What would you think, Sherilyn? Um, I'm actually thinking I'm dead centre. Can you see me? I'm hiding behind my mic. Good morning, I'm a bit one eye today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a bit like Pearly. Now, it's just on 10 minutes after 8 o'clock. Welcome to the Gardening Gang today, being sponsored by our long-term sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs over an all-weekend, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. We're talking succulents today, Sherilyn. You've chosen something very close to the hearts of the littles. I believe so, yes. um, My wife's a great succulent grower. Is she? And it goes back to a time when she was living in Lithgow, mm-hmm. up there in the Blue Mountains. My goodness, that's a cold Very place. Very few things grow up there, but succulents do. And her father was a keen gardener, yes. and she followed in the footsteps. Well, you know what's interesting is because we've got all the, the young'uns out there are really into it. It's all the millennials are right into succulents and cacti, and they think that they've discovered something new. So listen to this. I'm not going to say how old uh, Mrs Little is, but she's a lot older than you millennials, and she's a little bit older than me too. Beautiful woman. And uh, see, there you go. So everything old is new again in succulents. Well, today we're talking with two people on the coast who are very passionate about succulents. Ruth of Coachwood Nursery. We've had her on a few times. We went up there for the Harvest Festival, Pete, remember? Mm, Fantastic. Big succulent place, that big one. Big place. So we've got Ruth on. She's going to be talking about her nursery and giving us some tips on actually creating with succulents. Uh, little tips for this new driftwood trend that's out there. Driftwood and succulents. It's really weird. How do they go together? Ruth's going to tell us. And Susan of Susan's Succulents as well. Oh, that's a, that's a bit of a trip up there for uh, somebody throwing that one at me. Susan of Susan's Succulents. She is incredibly passionate about her succulent nursery. We'll have a chat with her as well. And she's a character, so I guess yeah. she's going to tell us a good number of stories today too. Well, she began growing succulents <laughs> in China, so it yes, is an amazing right. story. Good story. It's all about succulents here today. And as Sherilyn has written down here in the running sheet, sensational succulents. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy talking succulents today. Mm. Don't know why, but we'll get through that in a moment with an expert. But Ruth Donnelly uh, from the Coachwood Nursery, we talked to Ruth back in June, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Um, Harvest Festival, big success on the mountain. Yes. And Ruth uh, looked after us there for the outside broadcast. Ruth, good morning to you. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Caroline. That hey, beautiful Ruth. farm of yours. I'm very impressed. So when you want to sell it, let me know. We'll offer you a very good price. <laughs> You're going up there. <laughs> Could be my retirement spot. Uh, Ruth, um, succulents. You're a uh, real succulent grower there on the mountaintop. Yes. They're just amazing to grow, such a huge range of colours and shapes. You know, they're suitable for beginners as well as uh, advanced growers to choose from. So how did you get into succulent growing, Ruth, and, and well, opening the nursery as well? Where did that all begin for you? Uh, that is really great. It's a great story. Um, I had this amazing mother who gave me a gift of 10 assorted cactus and succulents when I was 12. And something clicked in me and I just loved them. I loved growing them and then started to collect them and grow more. And they were the days, Carolyn, that you would go to the tip and collect your own pots. (laughs) You know, just picking up different pins that were lying around. Yeah. And and you would bang a a nail with a hammer into the pot to create the hole. Mm. And then just plant them up with whatever you could find. So all of my parents, friends and family just started to give me cuttings and I would just try anything. And by the age of 16, I had registered Coachwood Nursery with the Department of Agriculture in Gosford. When the by the time that, you were 16, you say? Yeah, yeah oh. I was 16. Okay. And and had my own nursery um, oh, because my golly. parents were on a small acreage at Natchum. So, so you, were, then, you were sucked into succulents at a young age. <laughs> at a very young age. So, you know, yes. I'm in my early 60s now and so I've been growing succulents from the age of 
12. So. Yeah. That's, Good story. And I tell you what, I don't know if any of our listeners have been up to Coachwood. You've got to go up to their open days. It's like a field of succulents. Ruth has the most amazing display up there. There's greenhouses and also a whole big open area as well. So it's all those decades of collecting succulents, no doubt, to create that stock as well. Have you estimated how many different plants you've got there, Ruth? Uh the quantity would be many thousands. Mm. The varieties are many hundreds. Oh, many, uh, many thousands. Yeah. Because you can go on holidays with them and they're a low-stress plant. They just will still be there when you get back. They don't die easily. They're easy to propagate. And you can create the most amazing things from them. Gifts, do your own gifts and have a lot of fun with them. Yeah, so I know up at Coachwood you do have, I think it's monthly, am I correct, monthly open days and workshops up there in floristry and in succulent decoration as well? Yes, at the moment we've got coming up uh, monthly different, I guess they're different um, different situations each month. We've got a, a floristry workshop coming up towards the end of the year, but at the moment we've got mainly sales uh, coming up where you can mm-hmm. just come along and pick your own. Select your own, sell up your succulents, and they start from $2 and then they go up to uh, super advanced sizes if you want something instant. But we're here more to give people advice. We're very happy to share our knowledge, mm-hmm. um, give people inspiration and to be encouraging, especially to young people who want to do their own, um, you know, creation mm. of whatever they might like to do. Well, because you've said free advice, I've got a question for the little family of uh, Saratoga. They've just called up. Hello. Oh, it's the wife. She loves the succulents. Now, what about indoors with succulents? Are they happy to be indoors, Ruth? Some are. Some are definitely better than others. And the best range to uh, think about is your crassula range, or another name is, is jade. The whole jade family, and there's a perfect one called... Crassula green coral. It looks mm-hmm. amazing. It will do really well indoors. It will last for years as long as it's not put in a too dark a position. So somewhere near a window where there's a reasonable amount of light. I've seen a new trend and it's to grab driftwood that's got little hollows in it and to shove succulents, or probably don't shove them, you probably delicately plant them into the oh, driftwood. Throw them in. <laughs> you think just throw them in. <laughs> they can be um, fantastic in driftwood and every design looks great. Uh, the best thing to do or to remember is to probably choose low growing more miniature type of um, succulents, mm-hmm. nothing that's too tall. Use a premium potting mix and long term you really need to liquid feed them with something like sea salt or any liquid fertiliser, possibly once a month. The main thing is that they just need a little bit more water and a little bit more regular feeding and then it can be permanent. Ruth, you would be one of the foremost succulent growers on the coast, so we're happy to have you on board today to talk about succulents. So, Ruth, if anyone's looking for succulents from you, you did mention you do have open days. When's the next one again? Oh, it's at the, towards the end of August. Okay. look up the website, coachwoodnursery.com. Um, next week? Everyone's welcome. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, coachwoodnursery.com. Oh, lovely. And this radio show does not pick up a commission from any sales no, made don't. by the publicity. Thank you very much. For <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. Oh, we do, get a nice, we do get a nice cup of tea when we go up there, though, Pete. Come on. Well, look forward to seeing you again, Ruth. Thank you for your time this morning. Okay. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Ruth Donnelly there from Coachwood Nursery up to Summersby. This is the Gardening Gang. Coast with- FM. 963. Dionne Warwick at Coast la, la, FM with a Bert Bacharach song, You'll Never Get to Heaven. If you break my heart. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy today with the Gardening Gang on this beautiful Saturday morning. Sherilyn, it is gold out there. It's beautiful. It's chilly, but it's beautiful. It's gold. It's sunny. You know, it's cold Fresh. gold. <laughs> and same for the weekend. Mm. In fact, uh, looking at the uh, forecast, the entire week appears to be a dry one. Mm-hmm. Uh, possible showers next Thursday. Next That's the only likelihood Thursday. of some precipitation. But it is cold. Now, this week we're talking about those mighty succulents and mm-hmm. I'll be back uh, very soon. We're talking to a lady over at um, a little village called Empire Bay. 
Yes, but she's come all the way from China. She was growing succulents over there and now she grows them at Empire Bay. We'll find out about that soon. We will. 26 minutes after 8 o'clock from Coast FM 963 and the Gardening Gang. Coast FM, Pete Little, Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. Succulents is the uh, topic today. Mm. And would you believe there's a, an organisation in Sydney, Sherilyn, called right. the uh, the Cacti and Succulents Society of New South Wales. Very essay, isn't it? <laughs> it's very essay. <laughs> uh, not only would I believe it, I know that there is such well, a thing. one of our local growers has won a first prize. Ooh. Susan, we've got Susan from Susan Succulents. Good morning to you, Susan. Good morning, Susan. Uh, hello, hello everyone. Lovely uh, to meet you all in the air. Someone said there's a there's a revival of of growing succulents. Is that correct? <laughs> um, it's interesting. It's kind of a long long story, but I'll try to keep it short. So, um, succulents when really really popular um, during COVID. I think oh. that was the time when oh. everyone at home and yeah got got, got money, and um, I think it grew on a lot of people because. Um, there are just so many varieties. There are so many colors and forms, and they they do have a lot of change. They um they have the seasonal change. They they look amazing when the weather gets cooler, mm-hmm. and 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 they can surprise you with uh, so many new babies. You can chop the head off of a plant, and then it grew ten babies back to you. Although some of them can die overnight and break your heart. <laughs> they break yeah. your heart when they... Do you have an emotional yeah. attachment, do you? Do they really oh, yeah. affect you not, that way? And it's not just me, it's everybody. Oh, All okay. our customers come here and, uh, yeah, it's so interesting because we are quite far away and everybody got here and they all want to go to the toilet and then they look at the succulents, they forget everything. Oh, <laughs> But hang on, hang on. I want to know, I just want to circle back a little bit. What makes an award-winning succulent? Like, which succulent of yours won? It must have been very impressive. Didn't suck. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> suck at all. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some uh, interesting, because um, we do cross-pollination as well. Some succulents come with a bump, like they just got a, a, a interesting lump in the leaf. Mm-hmm. So we cross-pollinate um, the bumpy ones called raindrop with all the other species don't have a lump. Okay, so actually yeah. the lump pass on. It's kind of like a beauty mold on a lady. So, yeah, and maybe that was one of the plants out uh, one mm-hmm. year Ah, um, oh, one that you bred yourself. Okay. Oh, we do many uh, breeds ourselves. There are um, there is this succulent called Echovoides rubin. You have to see her. She's oh, completely red. I've been um, asking the question, Susan, what attracted you into taking on the succulent uh, variety rather than, oh, rather okay. than daffodils or something like that? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm from China and I was living in Shanghai for 10 years. Um, you know, Shanghai has got 25 million people living there in one city and... Yeah, <laughs> and, and we, have, we, we live in a concrete jungle. There is mm-hmm. no nature. And all we got is the luxury of um, one meter wide balcony. That is, that's all wow, we got. That's tiny. And and you can grow pumpkins or anything, daffodil. You, there is not enough space. Ah, but, gotcha. But you can grow succulents. You can grow like five hundred mm-hmm. succulents in one little balcony. Five hundred. Oh my god! Explains it, doesn't it? So, so this is where it all started for you back in Shanghai. So, yes, right, yeah, right. and and I got up in the morning. I had my coffee. I look at my succulents, getting my succulent fix, and then I went to work, and then finished work, got home late, and then I can look at my succulents again. Aww. And that was the one thing that kept me going, right? Okay. Still the connection with nature. I'm still growing things, and, and so yeah, hang on. So you came to Australia, and you've got succulents here. So whereabouts on the coast are you, Susan? Shanghai. Um, She's not in we, Shanghai. We are, She's yeah, here. We are now. We are now in Empire Bay. It's interesting. We live in a in a little town called Kilkea. Oh, that's and it has got very overpopulated there. It's not. It's <laughs> Four hundred people here. Four hundred. You got. You must have a lot more than five hundred succulents now. I'd say. Oh, yeah. Now I I lost count. How many we got? Maybe. Right. A, Maybe a hundred and fifty thousand. So yours is a retail business, Susan Succulents, is it? Yeah. Oh, we do retail and wholesale. A lot of uh, okay, sellers right. in Sydney they come here and uh, yeah, they they got it wholesale right. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And are you up on yeah. the uh, main road or down in the little village? Oh, we are in um in Empire Bay. So it is a uh, it's it's kind of a not right on the main road. So yeah. it's just near near T junction of a main road. Okay, but, uh, I understand. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to find. It is in four hundred and thirty-five Watts Hill Road. Okay, Empire Bay. And so you are open yes. to the public, Susan? Yes, we do. We open Monday to Saturday. Okay. And I would have opened Sunday if my husband allowed me to. No, it's a, it's a day of rest for succulents. <laughs> she needs a day uh, off but, from succulents. But, but, but once you love succulents, this is not work. It's just fun. Yeah, every day is just fun. And customer come here, everybody have fun, have so much fun. And we, we all got the same same. Um, addiction, so we all understand each other. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, do so much work for succulents because they're like people. Susan, when yes. you cho- when you chose a life partner, did you was the first question that you asked him was, "Do you like succulents?" I <laughs> <laughs> if he said no, no. he oh. said, "Deals off." Sorry. Oh no. Uh, he 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 he's a landscape architect, but um, succulents for him. They all look the same, even though they come with different colors. But 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 his name is called Lift Carry Drive. Lift Carry <laughs> Drive. Drive. <laughs> That's okay. His. That's his. And uh, would he, his name? He doesn't mind lifting, carrying plants, and driving oh. land around. <laughs> He's your slave, isn't he? Yes. Oh dear. That's what uh, cheap labour. Slave That's what, to all silence. About, you know? I like yeah. it. Okay, lift, carry, carry and drive. Mm. Okay, now, Susan, you've got a great sense of humour and we've really enjoyed talking to you today because yes. succulents tend to give you a very, very bright outlook on life and that's terrific, absolutely wonderful. I tell you what, if you're looking yeah. for a plant to be involved with, it have to be succulents. Everyone just seems so happy whenever they mention <laughs> succulents. I don't know, I'm going to have to rethink them. They're not my favourite plant, but I, you guys are all making me change my mind today. Well, let me say this to you. Mm. At home I have a wife and that's the major flower she the enjoys ma- the major, growing. The major succulents. one? Succulents. Yep. There you because, go. And you know why? Why? Because her yeah. father used to do it too. Ah, went down the family street. Went down the family line. Now, she's not Chinese, but she's no, European. No. So that, they're very popular in Europe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's terrific. Thanks for your time there, Susan. Lovely to talk to you, and I hope you have a nice weekend. So we look forward to having more people in uh, Susan's Succulents Nursery at 435 Watts Hill Row, and we'll tell you more about succulents. Well done, Susan. Okay, thank you, Susan, for that plug. <laughs> I hope you get plenty of people popping in. Yeah. And, <laughs> buy uh, succulents. <laughs> and, and buy and some succulents. I look forward to having you two coming here as well. Well, oh, one, day, we're coming. I'm one coming. day we'll be over at Empire Bay. We'll know exactly where to come we to. We will do that. You're listening to Coast FM 963, and you're at home with the gardening and game. we don't succulent. We don't. <laughs> FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here Saturday morning and a beautiful weekend on the Central Coast, Sherilyn. Who's joined us today? It's Chef Paulie Mack. Yes, Morning. Chef Extreme Paulie Mack Chef Extreme. jumped in Look here right. today. And you've been working late into the evening, so thanks for coming by this You're morning. welcome. Lovely. It's a nice, refreshing change to be um, sitting down. Well, a major news article in the last uh, week or so mm. about people that ate a certain mushroom. Mm. I read the same. They just... Carcass. Yeah. Now, whether that was a bit of skullduggery going on, yet to be proven, but nevertheless, mm. today talking about uh, food safety. Okay. Now, I, when I was a kid, yes. we had free milk at school. Mm. In the, <laughs> I know you're going to tell me. <laughs> and in the wintertime, that was fine. But in the summertime, um. we were forced to eat milk that started to curdle, and there often were people having to... Let that go in a lesson. <laughs> and that was a very simple example of you know, having danger. Remember, food. Pete, they used to also have the strawberry and the chocolate milk and they used to fought that, that it all suddenly... Not in, ordinary, the, not in the Catholic school. Not in the Catholic school. Well, maybe a little bit later on, I remember that they then, in summer, it seemed to be there wasn't any plain milk, there was flavoured milk. And it wasn't until I got older that I went... Oh, yeah, because chocolate why. and strawberry covered the curdled yeah. taste. I remember we used to get the little third pints. In the glass bottle, pop a straw in yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm. No, um, we had flavoured straws, so, you know, we were so poor and you sucked <laughs> through this straw and <laughs> <laughs> turned milk of water. into chocolate milk. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Nevertheless, okay. let's get back to topic. So uh, th- there's this absolute need for food, some I'm r- sure there r- is. rules around food safety, um, otherwise we'd all be very sick. 
But what are, the, what are some of the worst cases of food poisoning that you've seen oh in goodness. just the restaurant experience you've had? Yeah. Were they to do with prawns and crustaceans no. or were they to do with uh, a bad apple? Or, no, no. Or, or, I think potatoes the, are pretty good there, are they? Yeah, look, oh, anything with high proteins or high moisture content is prone to mm. spoiling. Keep For example? Oh, uh, every, everything. So unless it's dry, dehydrated, anaerobic, so without air, you've got to keep the air away from it. It's, it's, it's a complex chat, but if you preserve food, so looking at canning, bottling, pickling, salting, mm-hmm. that kind of old-fashioned drying, it. that will take away the moisture of mm-hmm. the food. And, the, oh, and, okay. and the, the bacteria needs the moisture to, to multiply. Ah, so all food has bacteria. It's everywhere. You can't get rid of it, good mm-hmm. and bad. But in the right conditions, if you have heat, food, and time, mm-hmm. then the bacteria multiply to astronomical levels on a microbial basis. Yep. I sound like, a, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> this is Dr. Foley Mackey. But it gets to a point where it will make you sick. Okay. Mm. Uh, some things are worse than others. Uh, some sicknesses are worse than others. Some particular... I'm just flashing like salmonella from chicken. That's like, well, you know, everyone's scared of that. That's right. In the, in the 90s, when I was a chef in the UK... All of our chicken in England had salmonella. Mm-hmm. So we, I have this kind of built-in phobia of like multiple hand washings every time we're touching poultry. Um, it's very safe now. Australian food, especially yep. chicken, is super safe. But there are rules that apply across the board. Um, for example, yes. how long should I keep veggies in the fridge for before I dice them? The simple broccoli, yeah. you know, yeah. those sort of greens. Well, you'll probably find that they'll spoil... Visibly before they spoil. Is that right? Yeah. When they get mushy, you throw They'll them out. Just, but you just have to look after things better. Well, I need some quick indicators. Mm. You, you can smell a, a bottle of uh, crook milk. That's yep. something yep. to throw away. Yep. So every, every food has a different indicator that it's spoiled. You know. And m- most of my odour, I mean, chicken is yep. very, very nasty. Oh, is it? Is it yeah, when well, chicken's got Half an odour. Or a feel. You can give it a little touch sometimes. The slime. It develops a little slime. But like that, then the again, slime. you know, one of the quality indicators of good fish is that it's got a fresh sea slime. <laughs> so you... Life's complicated. <laughs> uh, Polly, I've heard once mm. that one of the worst things that can cause food poisoning is actually cooked rice. One hundred percent. There you go. Oh, I okay. did, and I've got a phobia yeah, about yeah. it. I'm like, is I do not yeah, keep yeah. cooked rice. If it doesn't get eaten, that it's out. So, so the, the rules. If you freeze it, that's no, okay, is it? No. Oh, uh, look. Everyone says no. The, the rules are uh, modern Asians. Meals are made from rice that's been cooked twice. Mm. Right, that's it's right. nasty goreng. You got to. You can't cook it with. You can't make it fresh. Mm. The reason it's dangerous is because you've got a massive amount of surface area on the rice. Yeah. Got, it's, and if it's not cooled down quickly, so you've got to get it down from its cookery temperature, which is like just short of a hundred degrees, mm. thousand degrees. I was going to say. <laughs> Kill everything <laughs> in a vacuum. Um, to a safe level, so before below five degrees, quickly. Mm. But what happens is if you don't, then the the massive amount of surface area gives that bacteria lots of places to play. So cooked foods, poorly say, in the freezer, I, my little rule is three months. Is that about right? Um, well, fr- free- so if it was a leftover casserole, yeah. say. So you're looking at quality, right? Okay. So ah. food safety, it will last forever. Okay. Basically, because what you're doing is removing the thing that the bacteria needs to multiply. So you're taking away the heat. Okay. So if you pull it out, it mm-hmm. might not be quite as good as you expected it to be. Oh, so three months is just a quality indicator. 100%. Okay, so yeah. I could keep it there longer. Yeah. All right. And All there right. are weird little anomalies um, that I knew nothing about. Like, obviously, when you're, when you're holding food, so holding is the keeping hot of food. Yep. And you've got to keep it above 60 degrees. So in between five degrees and six degrees, that's the that's the gnarly little bit. Mm-hmm. That's when you're going to get the danger zone. The worst one is like thirty-seven, which is like your armpit. Mm. <laughs> Not yours, but everyone's. an armpit. An armpit. You know what I say? If in doubt, chuck it out. Well, one more thing I want to, which most people experience, is that tomorrow's pizza is often tonight's meal. Mm. Okay, what do we do with our leftover pizzas? Just whack them in the rigid edge, or I throw don't, them. I don't understand what leftover pizza is. <laughs> well, we haven't got kids, you see. <laughs> um, yeah, look, the microwaves aren't great for pizzas. They'll get them hot, but they won't bring them back. You know what I used to do is put them back in the box and put them in the oven. Oh, okay, yeah. right. So or the air fryer. I find, I find the air fryer uh, very I'm good. I'm not in love with the air fryer, but... Well, one um, day we'll talk about air fryer yeah, okay. meals. <laughs>
thank you, Paulie. Paulie Mack, we were talking about this this whole interesting uh, topic of food safety today. And when Paulie joins us every week, we talk about food. We do. We all going to eat. That's great, isn't it? I, I love know. that. It means I'm always in the job. <laughs> Let's go eat. Coast FM, we're the gardening gang. Here they come again. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the gardening gang on this Saturday morning. Cheryl and Darcy, there's a lady on the phone now. Her name is Vicky. Do we know her? What's hot, Vicky? Oh, what's hot? I know Yay! Vicky from Narara Valley Nursery. <laughs> so, so are you the Vicky that uh, gives us the good word on what is happening around the industry and the various nurseries of the coast? I am. Well, let I us am, hear it. I'm locked and loaded and ready to go. Rip into it. All right, well, this might prickle your fancy, Pete, because Burbank and Erina have had a fresh delivery of all kinds of cacti. Mm. Lee Rowan's Garden World Darimba have the beautiful and tough polygala. Let's not forget Samhaven Garden Centre for beautiful snow white quartz pebbles to add a sparkle to your garden. Mm. Mother Earth Nursery are bringing you dwarf crochet this weekend, a small one metre by one metre flowering shrub with big burgundy flowers and... Y.E. Nursery have flowering Chinese lantern standards, and phew, I'm out of breath. Now that's that's well, a lot of good hot stuff there. I'll tell you what, I think that Sherlyn will be on the run all this weekend. I will be. I'm so deals. busy. Yes, I'm so Okay, busy. what's uh, hot at Narara Valley? All right, well, we've sold out of these last two weekends, and I'm expecting that they'll sell out again this weekend. It's the Phyla Seeker Winter Rouge, a small growing, beautiful shrub growing to 80 centimetres with masses of pink star-shaped flowers with foliage that smells like pineapple. Yay! Oh, the fruity happy. one. It's beautiful and it's, it's great for pots or in the garden, so make sure you come in and have a look. Pete, that would look really nice around your pool. Okay, I'll buy three. <laughs> Keep three reserved for me, regardless of the price. Now, I uh, will, you'll love them. Okay, well, I'm, 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 I'm saying yay. Put them aside for me, you know. I'm just thinking about what's not hot at the moment, uh, Vic. Well, it would be missing out on the orchid show next weekend, which is the 25th to 27th. See lots of native orchids. They're on display for everybody to look at, and there'll also be orchids here for sale too. At Narara Valley, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, not at my house. Don't start knocking on my door. It's an interesting show because a lot of people don't even know what an Australian native orchid looks like. So it's a really good thing to go along to. I do. Oh, I know. You've been on the gang for a while. I have. All right. Now let's uh, get away from that area of the uh, world and think about the true or false gardening game where Vicky and I have got to choose uh, from Mm. what um, Sherilyn talks about, be it a fib or a fact, a botanical fib or botanical fact. Well, you've backwards. got to work it out. A Do I'm going back? Fib or a fact? Okay. A fib or a fact? Here we go. I don't know what the scoreboard is. What is it? Who's leading, Peters? Okay, let's go. All right, we've been talking succulents all day today, and I'll let you know that cacti grew only in the American continents originally, and succulents were native to different regions in northern Europe and the Far East, with a big concentration of them in eastern Africa. So I'm going to put this to both of you, okay? Is this a fact or a fib? Christopher Columbus in the 15th century was the first person to take a cacti to Europe. Is that a fact or a fib? Oh, okay. Well, I know he took tobacco, but that's not a that's not a cacti, is it? No, that's a weed. I think that's a naughty weed. Oh well, I know it's a naughty weed, but it's sometimes <laughs> nice. Um, nevertheless, it built an entire industry. But getting back to the fact or fib statement, um, I'm inclined to think he did take those back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic, <laughs> what do you reckon? Were you taking the count um, of you? I felt like it might be true too, but if I, I've been getting these wrong every single week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, I'm so you're saying it's a fib? That no, he... no, no, I'm saying it's true. Okay. I'm taking oh, so I'm rephrase it. So you're saying with me that uh, Christopher Columbus did indeed take the first cacti back to Europe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's yeah. on the tree. Okay. We're now on the waiting in with okay. bated breath. Okay. Well, it was a bit of a prickly question there. Oh, oh. <laughs> he was. He presented Queen Isabella of Spain with the first cacti that was brought into Europe. There you go. <laughs> Both right. Woo! 
what genii, what genius of people represent this radio show. That's right. So we've got an unchanged. Oh no, you're just creeping up a little bit there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone backwards, and she's yeah, risen up. She has. Okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Victoria, for your Thanks, input Vicky. today. Thank you and, so much. Have a uh, good day. Enjoy the cacti. Coast <laughs> FM with the gardening gang, Pete, Sherlin and Vicky. She's hot. At home with the gardening gang, Coast FM 963. Saturday afternoon, we peel back the memories with soundtrack of the 60s, 70s and... Get your hands dirty with the gardening gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Hits of Coast FM with Men at Work on the radio with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy today. This is the Gardening Gang, being sponsored every week by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. Open all weekend at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and uh, Windows. Cheryl and Darcy, good morning to you once again. Good morning, Pete. And now, my sweet, it's time to get a little dirt on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have the bell ringer, Steve, our town crier. Thank yes. you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Steve, just, just keep Stephen. Come on, settle down. Mm. Okay, we've got the segment all about getting your hands dirty. That's but right. First, Sherilyn, mm. what's on? What's on? Yes, what's on for plant lovers across the Central Coast? Well, get your diaries out because Saturday the 9th of September and Sunday the 10th of September, the 2023 Central Coast Spring Orchid Show and Fair presented by the Mingara Orchid Club is on. On What a fantastic event this will be. It's at the Anglican Church Hall, Brook Avenue, Bateau Bay, and on display will be tons and tons of Australian native orchids and exotic orchids from around the world. This show and fair also includes orchid sales and accessories market stalls and art displays, great food, barbecue, tea, coffee and cake. Sounds like everything. So that is the 9th and the 10th of September. Get along to that one. Yeah, I don't think Santa's attending. It's a bit early for that. No, it's a bit, no, it's just all orchids all day. Oh, and right today, tonight actually, the trivia night supporting Carryong Eco Garden is on between 6pm and 8pm. This is going to be fantastic. Now, the thing is about this, it's on at the Carryong Hall, but you can also join in by Zoom. Maybe if you've got the sniffles or you just don't feel like getting out. It's on between 6 and 8pm, as I said. Uh, yeah. up, you, know? <laughs> you might be able to do that. Um, it's going to be a fantastic night. Invite your friends and support at the local hands-on sustainable living education space at Carryong Eco Gardens. Now you can find out more by jumping online to their website, Carryong Eco Gardens. Give that a Google. And Humanitix also has tickets as well to that. It looks like a fantastic night. If you do go in person, I hear that they have pizza as well and silent auctions, but you probably can do the auctions online. Right, closer to your place. What can you do this week? Glad you all asked. This is your last chance probably in the next week or so to put in bare-rooted trees such as apples, nectarines, peaches, pears and plums as well as deciduous exotics. Make sure you stake new plantings because feel that wind outside coasties that is going to cause root disturbance in your plants and it will slow establishment. You can also actually end up having dead new plants. So make sure you stake those new ones. And the other things you can do this week, the things that you can plant, well, you can put in lots of culinary herbs, artichoke suckers, asparagus crowns can go in now, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi, lettuce, mustard, onions, parsnip peas. It's also probably coming up to the, uh, the last sort of few weeks to put potatoes in. Rhubarb crowns, silver beet. And in flowers, how about some African marigolds, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisies, gypsophila, and also spider flowers and status. Wonderful. Those status, they really stand out. That's Status for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 13 minutes after 9 o'clock. Are you done with that dirt on the hands? We're done. I'm going to go wash my hands. Yeah, off I go. See you later. Okay. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. Can't forget my girl here. Mm. The gang is back in action for our two. Where's Doreen today? She's right here, I'm, Pete. I'm, I'm being really oh. <laughs> yeah. I've been staring into your eyes, Cheryl. Have you? See, Doreen. Oh. I'm not killing, so we were no, I'm excited about going away with uh, this one here to uh, Canberra. Oh, you're going to have uh. a lot of laughs, I think. A lot of Separate laughs. Separate rooms. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And a deadbolt. Separate seats. Oh, a little bit of gossip you heard at first here. Oh.
No. Okay, we won't go there. Okay, okay, now, Doreen, see. you've just joined us now to talk about the markets here on the coast. Uh, are you going to do any RVing this weekend in your lovely van? No, no, no. Um, no, no. A bit more babysitting. As you can oh, hear in my voice, okay. we have got uh, daycare colds going through okay, the house so at the no, moment. Okay, so no camping for you. So okay, no let's check out me. the markets for this weekend on the coast with Doreen. Okay, Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held today and every Saturday at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. It's a new location for them and you'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. Your voice is a bit strange. It's terrible. Do you want, do you want to read it instead of me? Keep going. No, keep I might going. be too... No, Doreen, you're not replaceable. I'll figure next one. <laughs> Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Bloodtree Road. They sell plants, homemade preserves, jams and cakes. The Gosford Waterfront Market is on today between 9 and 2 at Gosford City Park, which is near East Street Cafe and Drifter's Wharf. There's lots of stalls offering local produce, homemade goods, fashion, health and wellness. Pretty popular, that one. Yeah, I know. And this one's really popular. So both days this weekend, the Terrigal Antique and Vintage Fair is on at the Lions Community Hall, Russell Drysdale Street, East Gosford. You'll find unique collectibles, fine china, jewellery and designer label clothing. It's on between 8 and 3 today and 9 and 2 on Sunday. Well, the voice is getting gradually better. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's your good company. What do you think, Cheryl? It's warming up. Book yes. Book and keeper. I do like that Terrigal Antiques Fair, but we've all got to remember that it's on in East Gosford. Gosford. Yes. Yeah, I think they need a name change, but anyway, that's just my opinion. Okay, now oh, let's yeah. check out the market for Sunday. Tomorrow's market store in. Okay, Tookley Lions Club markets are on near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the showground between 7 and 1 and they have live entertainment. Chat to local farmers and growers. There's a large range of fruit and veggies, eggs, deli items, fermented foods and plants. There's also international foods, coffee and snacks. And the Amina Beach Markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 next to the Surf Club. There are lots of stalls with everything you can possibly find in a market, including gourmet hot food, arts and crafts, local fruit and deli items in... Sorry. Including gourmet hot food, arts and crafts, local fruit, deli items and fashion. The event is also pet friendly and there's an ATM on site. You know what? The weather is so perfect for markets. They oh, should lovely. get a good crowd too. And for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club charity market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street car park. At the entrance. Dory, now rest your voice. I know, I need to. <laughs> <laughs> may, maybe, maybe it's you all my... You got through it okay, no, I reckon. No, all my babysitting going, don't do that, don't touch that, do, don't eat that. <laughs> oh, well okay, done. all the gang's together today with a little illness, but uh, she's done well, right, Sherwin? She has, okay. she always does. She has an extra mile for the gang. That's the one. Coast FM, this is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherlin Dory. FM 963, the station where the classic hits there, Mr. Blue Sky by ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. And this is The Gardening Gang, heard every Saturday morning with Pete and Sherlin and uh, featured, in fact, uh, every week in the local newspaper. It sure is in the Coast Community News, which comes out every single Thursday. You can actually find it online as well now, which is very, very handy. But I have a gardening page that's run for about oh three and a half years now, just almost as long as the gardening gang. And each week the garden planner is in there that I mentioned during Hands Dirty. So you've got a nice hard copy there. And I talk about different things. Sometimes they match up with our show. Sometimes they don't. This week it's all about camellias. So I actually have a nice exploration of different camellias you could put into your garden. And the gardening what's on is there as well. Out every Thursday. Coast FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy, the gardening gang, final hour of the show today, talking to our pet vet nurse, Tanya, Tanya Middleton, who's been with us for several years now. She has. This segment's get pretty popular sometimes. It is. Hello, Tanya. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Now, Tanya, very sad occasion at our place at Saratoga during the week, and uh, I found a uh, a deceased bird on the front garden. Oh. Yes, it had passed away. It, it, it had found its way to our house as a point of rest. But I didn't want it to be lying there forever. So I'd put the gloves on and pick it up and place it in a, a nice 
bin. Oh, you didn't bury <laughs> it. Had to go. <laughs> you can't keep what these things. What sort of bird was it? Well, a black was Maggie it? type of power oh, pie. Uh, oh, and anyway, okay. so we did all that, and that was all very nice and all that. But the thought came, in the event that it hadn't uh, been deceased and it was, in fact, uh, yeah, somewhat mildly injured, um, should I, as the uh, concerned citizen of uh, the street... Uh, feed the bird in those circumstances or not, Tanya? Would that be a wise thing? If it, if it was injured, sorry, did you say? If it was injured, should I feed the bird? I mean, I haven't got any skills in veterinary, uh, but I feel like I should feed you know, the bird. Like, what, what the bird was sitting there and you are going, have something to eat. <laughs> a, might be hungry. Might be hungry. <laughs> wake up, wake up. <laughs> I'm a, a bit dumb when it comes to those uh, circumstances. Do you feel I mean, hungry if I, when you're If injured? I found a person very sick beside the road, yeah, I would wouldn't... Would you feed them? <laughs> <laughs> I have a vegetable. Want to chop on my burger? <laughs> Oh, no, I was a bit distressed, I must say, Tanya. But, it came, but the thought came to me. So with uh, native birds, uh, should um, we be feeding them at all? Sick or not sick? The answer is no, isn't it? Yes, you hit the nail on the head when you um, use the analogy of a person, okay, mm. an, an, an injured person, because, you know, we don't know what's wrong with it. Okay, but but unlike with with people, we don't know what to we're do. We're not we're not you know avian specialists. Well, if, if it was a wildlife. person, I could talk to them. I can't talk to a bird. Would you say, "Are you hungry, mate?" No, you got a broken leg. But are you, wing, are you hungry? Wing, a wing. wing. Well, I'm saying it's a human. You're going to say, "Well, we wait for the ambulance." Well, we wait for the ambulance. Would you like something to eat? <laughs> very very neighbourly there at Saratoga. <laughs> No, I, 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 think... know, I guess also, also this, the thing is, with wildlife, they're going to be frightened, whether whether they're unwell or whether whether they're they're in in tip top health. You know, they're, they're yeah. going to be they're going to be frightened. So the the chances of them eating um, when they're injured or sick are, are very very small. So I would say forget the food to begin with, and look if you can pick them up safely. Um, use a towel or something and pop them in a nice dark box and take them down to your local vet. Look, if you can't get anywhere, you can put um, pop a little a little um, like a little bowl of water in with them. Um, but just yeah, look a, a nice dark spot until you can get them get them some treatment. You can call wires. Or you know another uh, animal rescue or wildlife. So it's all about rescue. being humane. I understand yeah. that, but, yeah. but then by taking on that responsibility of taking them to a vet, do you just drop drop and run? Or <laughs> sorry, your you're problem, worried again your about, problem now. You're worried about getting the bill paid. I know you. Well, I think we've it. discussed this before. And I don't think that is a liability for the you know for the good Samaritan who brings the injured uh, animal in. Is that right, uh, Tanya? Yeah, look, there's no there's no bill when it comes to wildlife. So, um, yeah, you you can literally just drop and run. Um, most most vets will will give you a call if if you want to know what happens. All right. Well, look, it's very cold at the moment, and the temptation is also to feed birds when it's cold. So, how how do you feel about that, Tanya? Is it okay to have those bird you know hanging sort of things that people have bird feeders and and feed native birds because when you go to the supermarket even you see these great big sacks I've noticed them lately of wild bird feed or should we just leave the birds alone yeah look um, I've seen those too and it, it is very tempting because it, you know our, we've got such beautiful birds here in Australia um, but generally speaking we should just leave them be um, something something really really good to have is a bird bath they they've got they've got enough out there, and the thing with these um, you know wild bird food is they're so general in nature. Mm. But as a gardener, that's what I would have thought. I looked at these seeds and I went, well, there's millet seed in there, and there's sunflower seeds. They're they're not Australian native plants, and they're sort of saying Australian wild bird seed. And I went, well, 
I don't know about that. I think they'd be better off sucking down on a bit of a Grevillea nectar to my way of thinking. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, you know, you'll get, um, you know, galahs, for example, mm. um, and cockatoos who love sunflower seeds and they will just sit there and pick all the sunflower seeds and then they, they're just going to get fat. Well, uh, mm. Tanya, mm. I think you've uh, you've solved a problem. Mm. Uh, but if if in the event that I do get one of these um, butcher birds or whatever crash land on our front patio, uh, which often is the case because they're banging okay. into the window all the time, Ooh, but they survive. Okay. They're quite quite strong, resilient. Yes, yeah, so they've got this very very strong beak. Um, I won't be calling you. You'll go. You'll be calling the vet. You'll be taking it up I'll to the vet. I'll be calling the vet, won't I? Yes, yes exactly. you will. That's if they survive. Yeah, if they do. If they pass, it. I'll back in the bin. And you're not. And all right. And you're not feeding them. They don't need anything to eat. Uh, thank you, Tam. <laughs> Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, guys. Tanya Middleton, our pet vet nurse, every Saturday morning at Coast FM with the gang. Thanks, guys. Coast FM, Pete Little, Sherilyn Darcy on a Saturday morning. Bit of fun today with the gardening gang. Let's get away from our regular topic and talk to Lachlan McDonald mm. from Ray White McDonald Partners. He's our man every Saturday morning. He sure is. Lachlan, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. And this has prompted the question today for you. Uh, what are the property trends in the world of working from home? The old WFH, working from home. Oh, That's very good changed question. the world a bit, hasn't it? On the coast as Certainly well. Certainly has. Certainly has. So, what have you picked up when you're approached by buyers? Uh, would you would you say that half the potential buyers are looking at working from home? Definitely, Pete. Um, I would say that you know, in any any buyer of sort of a working age, you know, they aren't retired, are considering working from home as part of their decision making. Definitely. Mm. And, and it's not just working from home either. It, it's also this sort of hybrid work arrangement where they do have to go to the office sometimes. So yeah. they want to be able to work from home and have a good environment to do that in. But they also want to still be somewhat convenient to get to the office. Ah, so, both ways, so they right? need to be on the transport lines? Is that what you're meaning? They, they do. Now, it depends on how often they need to go to the office. Those that are fortunate enough to work from home more often than not, obviously, you know, they care less about that. Mm-hmm. Um, those that maybe only get to work from home a couple of days a week, well, transport's going to be really important for them. And are they looking for uh, dwellings that have just an extra bedroom or are they looking for purpose-built sort of office space or the potential for it? Yeah, extra bedrooms are usually a key thing. You'll find um, it's, it's quite funny, actually, you'll find young couples with no kids buying four and five bedroom houses because they each want to have their own separate office for during oh, okay. the day. Separate bedroom. Separate bedroom. That's right. <laughs> and separate office. bedroom, Pete. Gosh. <laughs> well, what prompted me to talk about this is I was at a wedding last week and the young man that uh, we hadn't seen for many, many years was a guest and we got chatting. And he is in the mining industry and has travelled around the world and he's got contracts with uh, the big mining companies in Western Australia but rarely goes to Western Australia. Do you know where he works from, Cheryl? Not his home. Davistown. No way. Davistown. How can you be a miner? And like, what does he well, do? Well, he's a mining engineer. He wouldn't, oh, he wouldn't he be on the, on the tools. Okay. Now, these are designs and they're mm-hmm. submissions and proposals. Okay. So it's a lot of paperwork, you know what I mean? Big office uh, at home? Wherever. Well, he's in a small house at Davistown. Oh, okay. Because they're all very expensive there now. But he said it's the most wonderful place to work because he has a view of the beautiful waterways mm-hmm. there and it's a very soothing environment. Okay. You know what I mean? Interesting. So they- that set me up for that particular question what about the trend? well Pete, Pete you, you mentioned about the the view and that's another one too offices or homes that have potential for office space with views of the water or you know nice uh, national park views again very very popular these are the sort of things that people are considering they're, they're saying well if i'm going to trade my you know city skyline view for a, a home office i want it to have a view as well I agree because I've got a home office and I chose the room because it looks out on beautiful trees and that's what, and that's how I've got my desk. I sit there when I'm tapping away, writing my newspaper article or 
getting the gardening I gang together. I did that to keep an eye on the garden so your dog wouldn't wreck it. You know? <laughs> no, he's a good boy. No, but it's right. It's My desk is right there looking out at all the trees. So, Lachlan, for example, in your own case, you work the local market for real estate sales. Do you operate mm. much of your working time from your um, Monday to Friday uh, house, your, your home? No, Pete. Virtually, uh, I would say, uh, aside from out of hours, very rarely. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's gotta... um, much much more of a hands-on type of uh, type of job, and we uh, tend to be sort of in in the office. Um, but that's also a preference of mine. I personally don't really enjoy the whole working from home thing, uh, and we never really had to do it in COVID too much either with our line of work. So. Ah. Well, there's one who's not converted yet. Right. I do a bit of work from uh, Sheryl. I do a bit of work from home. Yep. Uh, and I set myself up in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Uh, do you know why? Next to the food. No, <laughs> the best view. Oh, the view. See, the there view, we go. The view. Oh, and I've so seen I feel your view. So it's relaxed beautiful. when I'm working yes. with the view. Looking out uh, over. Looking the, out over mm, the Brisbane Wall. Beautiful. Uh, it's so gorgeous. What other factors are people looking for in a uh, working from uh, home home? Well, there's there's the big one, Pete, and um, the NBN and fibre to the premises is a key thing for people working from home. Well, um, especially especially those in um, in industries like creative industries where they're uploading and downloading large files, they they really need to have fibre to the premises uh, or high high speed internet. So, absolutely, so you'll, you'll find that's a big consideration, and they and those sort of buyers will choose one suburb over another mm. purely on on that. Totally understandable. And the promises that the NBN rollout make are just rubbish because we just, well, they haven't told us yet, but it's been laid a couple of weeks ago in our street. I was like, what are these guys doing and girls doing? Laying the NBN fibre cable that was promised, I think, three or four years ago. And uh, they said, it's least, coming, oh, it's coming. That. It's probably more well, than that. And yeah. I was like, this is incredible. Here it is here now. So yeah. I would agree yeah. with that. It is it's, difficult. It is, a, it is a first world problem, you know. <laughs> we, we will, we will <laughs> get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slow, a slow burn. Okay, Lachlan, thank you for your time this morning. We'll talk to you again next week on The Gardening Game. Yay! Beauty, thanks, guys. Talking property. It's the rich man's world. Coast FM 963 on this beautiful, sunny weekend with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy and the Gardening Gang. We've got Mish Martin coming up after 10 with the What's On program. Meantime, next week, Sherilyn, what's in the melting pot? Okay, well, spring is on the horizon, and that means seeds. We're talking about seeds, buying seeds, planting seeds, saving seeds as well, and also talking about seed banks. And I'll ask the question, why do we need a seed? <laughs> <laughs> why do we need a seed? It's not we'll going to be seedy. <laughs> Catch you then.